You are listening to the East Point Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church that exists to glorify God as a gospel community that is growing in faith and reaching the world. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. Good morning. Good morning, East Point Church. How is everyone? It's good to be with you. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. We have a great day planned here at East Point Church. Uh, We're in a series right now for Christmas called God With Us, where we realize that that baby in the manger, that baby who was born in swaddling clothes, is nothing less than our God. Behold your God, church. Behold your God. So it is good to be with you. Uh, I want you to, just, just for a few moments this morning, I want you to imagine that you were at dinner It's a holiday feast. Maybe it was Thanksgiving that passed, or it was Christmas that is coming up, and you were at dinner, and someone, and you know who, you know who in your family would do this, but someone in your family, at a perfect lull in the conversation, they, and they say, family, I have good news, and I have bad news, and it gets serious, right? I have good news, and I have bad news. Which one do you want first? I have good news and I have bad news. Which one do you want first? How many of you here would say, I want the good news first? (laughs) All right, three of you. How many of you want the bad news first? All right, my people, my people. How many of you are like me? You want to get the bad news over with, right? Let's get it out of the way. I'm the kind of guy that if you say, I have good news and bad news, I can't fully enjoy the good news because all I'm thinking about, I'm like bracing myself, right? Like, here it comes the bad news. So I want to know the bad news first. Let's get it out of the way so that way we can end on a positive. Also, when you put the good news last, you ever notice how the good news seems extra good when it's painted against the backdrop of bad news, right? You're like, that was, that was decent news, but now that you told me this horrible news, it's even better. I got good news and I have bad news. That's why I struggle like watching the news. I, I can't even watch it because it's like they're playing the game of good news, bad news, and they did bad news first, and then they never moved on to the good news, right? It's like, I just can't watch the news anymore. I'm like, this is not news. It's just bad news. I need some good news. And so church, I have good news for you. Merry Christmas. I have some good news for you. We are going to unpack three verses this morning in Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40, 9, 10, and 11. And these three verses are chock full of good news. Anybody need some good news this morning? This is good news, and what makes our good news especially good news is that it comes to a group of people who have been blasted with bad news, okay? So this is good news. This is especially good news. And so as we look at these three verses, as we look at these three verses, you are going to hear something. You are going to hear some news this morning that will not simply change the outlook of your day. This is not simply going to change the outlook of your week. This good news, friends, for you, this good news for the eastern shore is going to change the course of history. So I have some good news and some bad news. Which one do you want first? Bad news. news. All right, well, we're going to see. The bad news is done, and it is time for some good news. Are you ready? Merry Christmas, church. Are you ready? Here we go. Isaiah chapter 40, beginning in verse 9. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we'll go back and break it down. All right? Let's look see what it says. All right. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. 
Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. This is God's word for East Point Church this morning. Let's go back. Let's look at it from the beginning. Take one verse at a time. Look what it says, starting in verse 9. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. And so right off the jump here, the, uh, the prophet Isaiah comes with a message from God. He comes with instructions, and his instructions are to Zion, Jerusalem. This is a city. In other words, he is talking to his people. God is giving instructions to his people, and he says, I want you to go on up to a high mountain. I want you to put on your hiking shoes. I want you to get on your hiking backpack. Get your little Nalgene on the side. I want you to go up to the top of the mountain. Once you get on that mountain, I want you to lift up your voice. What's going on here? What does God want his people to do? Why is he giving them these instructions, church? Well, you see, God is calling his people to the posture of a herald. God is calling his people to assume the posture of a herald. And so he addresses them as such. He's talking to his people. He says, Jerusalem, Zion, he calls them a herald. He's addressing them as a messenger. He, he wants them to be a proclaimer because there is something he wants them to say. There's something that he wants them to boldly proclaim. And this is not a private message for the ears of a few. He wants you to get a high platform. He wants you to go up on a mountain because this is a public message that needs to be proclaimed. And so what are they proclaiming? What is the message that he wants his people to announce? Well, he says here, this is good news. There's some good news here. It's good news, church. This is not a message of warning. We've seen that throughout Isaiah. This is not a message of judgment. This is not an indictment. He has a message to be proclaimed, and this is utterly good news. This is intended to comfort. There's a message here this morning that is, that is intended to encourage. Comfort, comfort my people with this message. And so Jerusalem, get to those mountaintops. Jerusalem, Zion, lift your voice loudly because there is some good news for the cities of Judah. For the cities of Judah. You thought you liked the bad news before the good news. These people need some good news. You see, the cities of Judah have been blasted for a long time now with bad news, and so they could use some good news. Anybody here can use some good news? Nothing like the cities of Judah. <laughs> oh, see, the cities of Judah, you may recall from last week, uh, this is the kingdom of God, or this is Israel, but they were split in half. 
Israel in the north, Judah in the south, and we saw last week how God said to Israel, I'm going to judge your evil, and you're going to be taken into captivity by Assyria. Well, you see, the southern kingdom, it's not like good guys, bad guys. It's like bad guys, right? The kings are evil. And so God sends his prophets with some, I would call it bad news. And he says to Judah, Judah, you have broken our covenant. You have forgotten me. Hey, Judah, you are practicing evil. And they ignored him. They killed the prophets. They rejected him. And so God comes back with another message. This time he's escalating. He says, Judah, your evil is putting you on a crash course with my justice. If you don't stop now, this will not go well for you. Judah, turn away. And they ignored him. And so now the message gets escalated even more. And he says, I am going to send Babylon to take you into captivity. Just like I warned you through Moses, you are going to experience judgment. And they still ignored this bad news. They didn't course correct. And so what happens? Well, we zoom out and we see, look at these global superpowers. Babylonia, Babylon comes and they take Judah into exile. This should remind you of the Exodus, right? But it's like watching it in reverse. Remember Exodus, the people of God were taken out of Egypt. They were taken from a global superpower and brought into their own land. And now we see this stunning reversal, rewind. They're taken into a foreign country. They're not plundering a nation. They're being plundered. The gold and the silver and the treasures are getting taken out of the temple because they ignored the bad news. But here's the good news, church. The time of their exile is coming to an end. 70 years, they're in Babylon. 70 years, they're in a nation that's not their own, surrounded by people that don't speak their language, where the temple is just a thing in in their past, a memory, a distant memory. And God now sends Isaiah in chapter 40, and he says, I have a message. I have good news. It is no longer the bad news of judgment and warning. Now I have a message of restoration. There's a message of redemption. God is making things new. And so, cities of Judah, listen up. All of you cities who have been lying desolate and abandoned, those of you who thought you were forgotten by God, I have good news for you. You know what the message is? Do you know what Jerusalem is called to ascend a mountain? Go tell it on a mountain, church, over the hills and everywhere. Here's the message for the cities of Judah. He says, behold your God. Behold your God. Behold means look. Behold, look. And all of you just look. See, I got you, right? Behold, look, direct your attention somewhere. He's coming. Behold, cities of Judah, you thought you were abandoned, but behold, look, God is coming. God is about to arrive. And so be comforted because your warfare has ended. Be comforted. Your sins are forgiven. The glory of God is about to be revealed to you in a way that you've never experienced before. The creator God who made us his own The God of the universe who holds oceans in the palm of his hand. The God who spoke galaxies into existence. He's coming. And he's about to land in Jerusalem. 
the creator of the universe, is about to touch down at Zion. He is set to arrive. And so, cities of Judah, look, behold your God, is what he says. Behold your God. You're not alone, Judah. You're not forgotten. God's justice, his good and perfect justice, is now giving way to restoration, and he is coming. And so proclaim it loudly. Proclaim it from the mountaintops. Behold your God. So here we are. God is calling people. He's calling his people to assume the posture of a herald. He's calling his people to proclaim a message. And so as we listen to this metaphor, my question for you, friend, is what are you heralding? What are you heralding? If you were to view yourself as a herald, right? If you were to view yourself as a messenger, as an announcer on top of a mountain, what message would those closest to you hear you declaring? What message are you proclaiming? Let me say it another way, right? I'll give you a metaphor here. If your life was this, your life was a billboard, right? What's a billboard do? I know they don't have a lot of billboards these days, right? It's like all on our phone because we are the product. They're selling us, right? But if you had a billboard and, and, you, and people, you draw your attention to the billboard, you are promoting something, you are proclaiming something, you are saying on a billboard, guys, you have to see this. If your life was a billboard, what would you be promoting? What message are you proclaiming with your life? Man, because of Lisa, because of her life, I know Man, because of Benjamin, I now see the beauty of, man, you know, I'm friends with Evan, and because of him, I now realize what, what are you heralding with your lives? What is the message that people around you are hearing? I ask you this, church, because God is calling his people. He is calling East Point Church to be heralds. Merry Christmas. Or heralds. What did you get for Christmas? I got one of those heralding hats and those yodeling skirts. Would that be cool? Right? We're going to do giveaways at Christmas Eve. Everybody gets a yodeling skirt because we are called to be heralds. We're called to be proclaimers. We're called to be a church in this community that lifts our voice and boldly proclaims a message loudly and with strength. And what is the message that we are proclaiming to our community? It's this. Behold your God. We have the privilege of drawing people's attention to God. That's what Jerusalem is called to do this morning. To call it from the mountaintops. And so behold your God. Here he is, church. That's our message. Behold your God. Here he is, cities of Judah. Here he is, eastern shore. Look, behold your God. And every head turns, and they look. And what do they see as they look? What do they see as they turn to behold? What will they see as God touches down in Jerusalem and arrives in the midst of his creation? What will they see? Well, let's look at the next verse. Look at verse 10. He says, Behold, look, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. 
the first thing we see as we look and behold is that God comes as a mighty king. God comes as a mighty king. God is not coming through Jerusalem on like a tour, you know? He's not a visitor. He's not like, hey, Jerusalem, I'm passing through on the way to Egypt, so I thought maybe I'd stop by, say hello to you. You know, you're my people after all, and then I'm going to keep going. He's not visiting. He's not a tourist. This is not simply a stopover. It says here he is coming to rule. He's coming to Jerusalem to set up a capital the capital of his kingdom, from which he will exert his rule and his reign and his perfect influence. He's coming to rule. It says here that he's going to rule by his arm. That's an expression. That's pretty intuitive. I think we know what that means, right? His arm, what's, what's your arm known for? Sorry, what should your arm be known for? Your strength, right? You're like, dexterity. No, it's your strength. So this is a word picture. He's going to rule with his strength. He's going to rule in power. Or he says it here, he's going to come with might. This is not a weak king. This is not like it is right now in England where the monarchy is just a figurehead, but we know who really calls the shots. He is coming with absolute power and authority. And this is especially powerful for these hearers because they were living in a world with global superpowers. I'm not talking about Marvel and DC. I'm talking about global superpowers like Egypt who dominated the landscape for centuries. Assyria, Babylon, the Medes and the Persians, eventually the Greeks and then the Romans. There's always a global superpower. But the message is, he's saying, behold and look, this is a capital K, mighty king. And he comes in power comes in power. As you look, church, as you listen to this message, as you look and behold God, I want to ask you, how do you view God? How do you view God? How does the picture of a mighty king compare to the picture and the persona that you've created of God, and you kind of hold that in your mind, right? We all, we all, paint a picture of God. We all have an idea of what he looks like and what he sounds like. But here, when we open up God's word, this is like a picture in high definition, 4K, crystal clarity, and and it it helps us tweak our image. This is actually what God is like. God is a mighty king. Do you see him that way? God's not an influencer on social media. He's not an inspirational figure here to just nudge you in slightly positive directions. He's not a little source of help, just a little little shot of of comfort. You can reach out to him whenever you need it. Maybe you should go to church this week and get a little boost of morality. He is a mighty king, and he calls us to follow him. The kings don't give invitations to accept him. Would you please accept me? I'm a mighty king. No, he gives a summons. He says, I'm the king. Follow me. He calls us to obey him, to follow his leadership. God is strong, and he is perfectly in control, in power. And he calls you, friend, to submit to his good rule as king. He calls you to submit with your life to the perfect leadership of the king. And in perfect justice, it says that he will distribute his rewards and his recompenses appropriately. This is good news. 
Good news. God is not far away. God is not up there in the cosmos kind of just working behind the scenes. He has come and he is active. He is ruling as a mighty king over his creation. He has entered into the situation of his creation and he is present in power, establishing his perfect rule and his reign. God is a mighty king. Now I want to pause there because there's some trigger words here that I'm using. Power, rule, authority, king, submit. Anybody else in this room, if, whether you're my generation or older, and you kind of feel a little bit of like the, ooh. You feel that? Anybody feel that right here in their tummies, right? These words, king, power, rule, submit, reign, they make us bristle a little bit because, friends, think about it. We have not seen power without corruption in our day. Power has become synonymous with duplicity, right? Authority has become synonymous with just false agendas and insincerity. But here's what you need to know. He's a mighty king, but he's a good king. Goodness and power are not opposites here. He is powerful in his goodness. And so here's why this is good news. Behold, the corrupt kingdoms, the corrupt politics of this world that are riddled with injustice, that are riddled with corruption, that are riddled with politics, and the pride of people who are building little sandcastles to their own glory, those things are about to be confronted with the arrival of a good and mighty king. He is a king who rules not for the well-being of himself, but for the well-being of those who follow him. There's no selfish gain. This is a king who's not high and mighty on his throne. He is low and he is approachable and accessible. He associates with us. He defends the rights of the vulnerable. He preserves justice. He doesn't take bribes. He is a perfect and mighty king. Church, behold your God. Merry Christmas. He is coming as a mighty king. East Point Church. Eastern Shore, Maryland, the world, look and see, behold, your mighty king. But wait, there's more. As we look, as we turn our attention and behold God who's about to arrive, we not only see a mighty king, we see something else. Look at the last verse. In verse 11, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. You see, the mighty king, he doesn't see subjects to be ruled over impersonally. He sees them as sheep to be loved and cared for. And so behold your God, church. Yes, he comes as a mighty king and he also comes as a gentle shepherd. God comes as a gentle shepherd. Listen to this language. It says he tends his flock. He tends to them, right? He is intimately aware and attentive to our needs. Have you ever had a sheep? I have not. I have not. I don't mean to mislead you, right? But I can imagine, okay? Sheep are needy. Sheep are needy. They need food every day. <laughs> They need water on the regular. 
They need grooming. They need directions. They need comfort because they're so easily distraught. They need protection when they're in danger. They need ministrations when they're sick. And it's the shepherd who does all of those things. The shepherd cares for the sheep. And God, as he arrives, he says, behold your God. I'm like a shepherd. Look at me. I'm like a shepherd. You see, friends, he's not just coming to rule. He's coming to care. And he's coming to save. Look what he's going to do. It says, he will gather. He will gather the lambs. He's not too busy for that. He's not high and mighty in his ivory tower. He will gather them. He will carry them close and intimate in his chest. He is tender. He is caring. He's gentle. And he's coming. He's coming, church. Behold your God. Are you in need of the tender care of a shepherd this morning? Anybody in this room wondering right now, how am I going to make it? Have you ever been here where you feel like you were caring for everybody else and their mom and their dog, but who is caring for me? Who sees me? Who knows what I need? Who's looking after me? Friend, he sees you. He sees you. Friend, behold your God, a gentle shepherd. And then look what he does here. This is beautiful. I need all the, the, the mothers in the room to look what he says here, this little nugget for you. He says, he will gently lead those that are with young. Here's a little message for our young mothers or mothers with young children. He will lead you. Those of you, you sh- we're all sheep, but some of you sheep have a very specific job. Some of you sheep have a very important responsibility. See, this sheep, I'm like, I got a sheep and I have my family behind me. I'm a sheep, cool, I do sheep things. Here in the sheep life, I'm loving it, man. Sheep life, salt life, shore life, sheep life. But there are some of you in this room, the mothers, you're not just saying, hey, follow me. You're, man, you are with young. It takes you a little bit longer to get places, doesn't it, sheep mom? It takes you a little bit longer to get out the door, doesn't it, sheep mom? You got to brush teeth wipe bottoms, groom those sheep. And there comes these moments in your life where you're like, I'm caring for everybody. Who's caring for me? Is anybody aware of the fact that I'm taking longer? Is anybody aware of the fact that it's been four days since I've showered? Is anybody aware of the fact that I haven't talked to another adult in a hot minute? Moms, he leads you. He sees you. He cares for you. He is with you. He is a gentle shepherd, especially to those who need the most gentleness, our moms. I love this picture of God, friends. He is in control, but he's also compassionate. He is mighty, and he's gentle. He is strong and powerful as a king, but he is near and attentive and as approachable as a shepherd. He is a king but he's also a shepherd. The God that's described in verse 10 is the same God that's described in verse 11. They are one and the same, church. Behold your God. He is coming, and he is the shepherd king. He is the shepherd king. Y'all are watching about the mouse king this time of year, right? But have you heard about the shepherd king? Come on, you guys get that reference, don't you? 
The Mouse King? Any ballet fans? The Nutcracker? Okay, all right, moving on. Man, we were at the climax too, y'all. We were there. And you just, your pop culture is weak. <laughs> Behold your God, the Shepherd King. And so imagine what it's like to be the cities of Judah right now, right? Like imagine the anticipation. Imagine Judah who has had bad news after bad news after bad news for decades and they get this message, your God is about to show up. Your God is about to touch down. Here he comes. And they're filled with awe. They're filled with anticipation. They love this message and so they are alert. They are ready. They want to see God touch down. Behold God as he arrives in Jerusalem. Are you guys ready? Come on, you want to see it? Do you want to see God arrive on this mountain right now? Do you want to see what God looks like as the shepherd king? Here we go. Here we go. Let's see the shepherd king. Here we go. Behold your God. Look, here he is. Here he is. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? That's what we want to know. Where's the king? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king, little K king, heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophets, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Here we go. Here we go. The shepherd king. Let's see him. And behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came over to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Do I got it wrong here? I, I was looking for God. Sorry. Um, I was looking for the creator, but all I saw in those verses was a baby. Did I miss it? I was looking for the shepherd king, but all I saw was... Was a, was a child wrapped in swaddling clothes. Let me, let me try a different one here. Let's go to Luke. Let's see what that one says here. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Weren't we looking for God? Weren't we looking for the creator, the shepherd king? And as we fast forward in the story, we see, behold, your God. Here he is, church. The mighty king is in a manger. The gentle shepherd is in a feeding trough. But make no mistake, this is him. Look at the baby, friends, and marvel and worship. Behold your God. Behold your God. Do you guys realize what that is in the nativity? Do you realize what you are beholding in the manger? This is your God. You see, this baby, he's going to grow up and he will be a man who looks at Jerusalem and it says he weeps with compassion. 
because they look like sheep without a shepherd. We see the compassion of this shepherd heart. Behold the baby. He's the the gentle shepherd. The baby will grow up and eventually at the age of 33, he will lay down his life for his people. We see a king that he's not picking up a scepter, he picks up a cross. We see a king that doesn't put on a crown of gold, he puts on a crown of thorns. And then when it is finished, after he has died and paid our debt, then he rises up in might and he defeats death by punching it in the mouth. He conquers it. He's victorious. He ascends to heaven. He is sitting on a throne. And all of the nations belong to him. He's a gentle shepherd. He is a mighty king, sovereign over the universe. Cities of Judah, behold your God. East Point Church, behold your God. Eastern Shore, behold your God this Christmas. The one lying in the manger is him. It is God, your shepherd king, and he's with us. He is with us. And so there's only one thing left to do, church. Behold your God and follow him. Follow him. Come to the shepherd king and follow him with your life and see, talk to any of us in this room who are there, see how he leads you into life. And so what do you need this season, friend? What do you need? Because the answer is the shepherd king. Are you anxious? Do you find yourself worrying about the state of our world, worrying about the state of your life? I have good news for you. He is a king and he is sovereign and he is in control and he's got you and he's working all things together as the king. Are you in need this morning? Are you aware of your neediness and your helplessness? Do you feel like you can't go on? Does anybody feel like they are weary to the bone? Behold your God, the gentle shepherd who longs to carry you and tend to you. The shepherd who loves you so much that he lays down his life for the sheep. And so whatever you need this morning, church, whatever you need, he is the answer. Look, behold the shepherd king and follow him. And follow him. Let me pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this good news. God, we thank you that you have come, that you are involved here with us, near to us. And we know what you're like because we get to see you. You are a shepherd. We need your gentleness this morning, God. You are a king, Lord. And we need your strong rule. We need you to be in control, Father. And so, Lord, we love you. We follow you. May the shepherd king get all of the glory this holiday season. May the shepherd king get all of the attention and the praise and the adoration that he deserves. And may this church boldly proclaim to our community, behold your God. In Jesus' name, when the church said, amen. amen. We want to thank you again for joining us for this week's sermon podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm the music and creative pastor here at East Point Church. And if you were challenged, encouraged, or impacted in any way by this week's sermon, we would love to hear about it. It's your stories that encourage us and what we do, and we just want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So you can go ahead and share with us at podcast at epeaston.com. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Have a great week.